hour news as it happens when it happens wherever it happens local regional and global only on q95 the big station q95da.com right on q Good morning. This is the morning news for today, Wednesday, August the 24th for 2022. I'm your presenter, Hassan Robinson. Here are the headlines. The National Joint Action Movement, or NJAM, announced the 15 comedians who will be participating in the Laugh Out Loud Committee competition on August 27th. St. Lucia's homicide rate of 43 for the year of 2022, now following the loss of another life to gun violence on Sunday night as one man was shot dead in the community of Monchi. And Malaysia's former Prime Minister Najib Razak will begin serving a 12-year prison sentence after losing his appeal against his money laundering conviction. The news is brought to you for the very kind compliments of Rudolph Thomas Enterprises. The details of these stories and more coming up next. Local, regional and global. Only on Q95, the big station. Q95DA.com. Right on Q. Rudolph Thomas Enterprise in Portsmouth, your suppliers of building materials and hardware products. Over 20 years experience in the business. Rudolph Thomas has lumber and plywood, Portland and tile cement, steel rods, galvanized and fence pipe. And Rudolph Thomas can meet all your wire needs. Galvanized roofing sheets, doors, windows, toilet sets, face basins and bidets. PVC piping, fittings and lattice. Check out Rudolph Thomas for ceramic and vinyl floor and wall tiles, nails, nuts and bolts, paint and painting supplies. And check out their line of electrical and hand tools. And Rudolph Thomas is your one-stop shop for hard-to-find items like fiberglass mat and fiberglass resin and welding rods. Go now to Rudolph Thomas on 1240 Bay Street in Portsmouth. And welcome back. First off in the news, the National Joint Action Movement, NJAM, is geared and ready to go forward with the first ever Laugh Out Loud comedy competition at the Goodwill Parish Hall on August 23rd, 2022. Speaking on the NJAM program yesterday on QFM was events coordinator Ian Jackson as he announced the 15 individuals who will be participating in this year's competition. As you mentioned that we have 15 participants, you know, and... Um, it was really wonderful working with them up to this time. And um, of course, we expect a wonderful showing. And we're gonna just call the names in the order. And um, some of them are here online, and of course they'll join us and speak a bit about what they're about going to do without giving away too much, but at least that's why they're involved in the program and what's in it for them and what they think the whole you know, movement is all about. So first, we have Mr. Michael Sebastian. Michael Sebastian is from Collio, and we are quite impressed, I must say, Paula, when he stepped into, you know, Fifth Restaurant, and that's where we were having our sessions, and he stepped in, and he just came out, and he started reciting and presenting his stuff, you know, he took us by storm, because this gentleman, Michael Sebastian, called me um, right from Collio, say, well, you know, Jackson, I'm living in the hills, you know, man, I have access to come down and whatever. I tell him, try, man, because we need you to come down and whatever and so on. And he came a bit late. We were just about leaving and here came Michael Sebastian. And we said, okay, well, Michael Sebastian, the stage is yours. Just go out and just do your thing. And he sat down for around 10, 15 minutes and he presented his stuff and he said, okay, this is the guy we need on the program. And he's on. Michael Sebastian, look out for him. People from that area call you and environs. This is your man, Michael Sebastian. We have the man Stanley Stowe. Of course, Stanley Stowe from the Yampis area. Stanley Stowe is a gentleman we know as the son of the saint. 
his, his father was a Calypsonian, the saint. He sang together with my father in the 60s, the idol. And they were good friends also. He was a dispenser. But Stanley Stowe is the man that brought you Titi on Melly, one of his most popular, famous Calypsonians. He's now into the comedian business. And we expect a good showing from him. That is number two, as Stanley Stowe. Number three comes Samson Charles. Now, Samson Charles is an act I personally looking forward to see because Samson Charles have impressed everybody we have seen. Um, he has done, he did work as a matter of fact with Felix Henderson in his time. And that was events coordinator Ian Jackson. I presume that the 12 other participants will be announced or made public on their Facebook page as well as other social media pages as well. Still in the local news, the Prime Minister Roosevelt Skerritt claims his government showed commitment and political will in the action they have taken, for example, to purchase scanners to be placed in various ports to reduce export ammunition and firearms. He spoke in the House of Assembly earlier this week, where Mr. Skerritt added that as a result, he did not have to come to Parliament with speeches written by other people, like members of the opposition. Our commitment as a government and the political will that the Senator seek to reference in our usual condescending way and disrespectful way, Mr. Speaker. In, in, in the middle of COVID-19, when revenue dropped by 33 plus percent and expenditure increased by 42 percent, I authorized the purchase of scanners at $2.5 million, Mr. Speaker, in 2020 to be placed at the ports to scan every container coming to the country. And when some, some on the opposition came here during the budget debate and just said that, that the number of barrels dropped because the scanners are working to prevent drugs, to prevent drugs and ammunition coming to our country. And as a means of facilitating money. with written notes that somebody wrote for me, as they have done for yourselves. The truth doesn't have to be written. Lies are written. Deceptive comments are made carefully crafted to give the international community that something is wrong in Dominica. And please don't give Dominica any, any clean bin of health. Let's blacklist Dominica. And believe it's Roosevelt's carry the blacklisting. This is my country. Alone. This is our country. To be bequeathed to our children. And they went to denigrate it. And went to collude with anti-Dominican elements, Senator. John Fien, to undermine the integrity and the sustainability of our country. And that was Prime Minister Roosevelt Skerritt in local news again. Attention deficit or hyperactivity disorder or ADHD is something that many parents, schools and students alike need to be knowledgeable about, especially in this new upcoming school season. Pediatrician and Dr. Gloria Kudia are speaking at a special Zoom conference. She has some pertinent information on ADHD, a condition that affects people's behavior. Dr. Kudia elucidated that people with ADHD can seem restless, may have trouble concentrating, and may act on impulse with symptoms of ADHD, having a tendency to be noticed at an early age and may become more noticeable when a child's circumstances change, such as when they start school. Most cases are diagnosed when children are 3 to 7 years old, but sometimes it's diagnosed later in childhood. Sometimes ADHD was not recognized when someone was a child and they are diagnosed later as an adult. The symptoms of ADHD usually improve with age, but many adults who were diagnosed with the condition at a young age continue to experience problems. Looking after a child with ADHD can be a challenging one, but it is important to remember that they cannot help their behavior elements, Dr. Kudia. Okay, so we say these children have 
neurodevelopmental disorders or mm -hmm. neurodevelopmental disorders. So ADHD is one of the neurodevelopmental disorders. So okay. um, outside the norm of development. And there are some things that um, characterize this condition. So we have uh, um, hyperactivity, we have inattentiveness, we have um, impulsivity in children. And for you to say that a child has ADHD, um, there should be uh, at least two settings where these features manifest. And then it should also um, be seen before the age of 12 years, he met the criteria for ADHD. So we have seven here, we have 13 here. Even if you want to strike an average, that would be like 10, 10 yes. out of 100. Yes. And that is one out of 10 children. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. So one out of 10 children. So if you are in a class and then the class size is about 30, three of children may have ADHD and you should know about ADHD so that you can pick up um, these symptoms in these children and then help them or direct them to the appropriate help. And that was pediatrician and Dr. Gloria Kodia. Addiction psychiatrist M. Libby Stewart speaks on the realities of the medicinal world in dealing with the increasing levels of THC in products and some of the impacts. Speaking at Tuesday's virtual presentation for the Medical Cannabis Advisory Board Health and Medical Working Group meeting, Mr. Stewart shared some statistics surrounding the current climate with legal marijuana and its rapidly growing properties. What we've discovered is that we have an endocannabinoid system, which is actually our mood regulating system, our homeostatic system. So it balances uh, the excitatory and inhibitory neuronal activity in our brain. So this is a very important system uh, and THC can interfere with that system. Now, this has been the biggest problem is that we have dramatically changed what is considered marijuana. Uh, when we legalized medical in Colorado in 2000, the highest potency we had was 5% THC. And we only had smokable products like joints and blunts and bowls. We didn't have concentrates. Um, now we have all variety of concentrates that are very highly potent THC products. We started seeing the concentrates hit our market in 2010, and we now have concentrates that are well above 90%. We have some that are even 99.9% .9 pure THC in form of distillates. And we don't have any research on this level of potency that says it's safe or effective for any medical condition. However, we have a lot of research from around the world indicating that this level of potency can be extremely dangerous in multiple ways. Products with THC higher than 10% should spur persons to be cautious about products with THC that uh, one may ingest, as research suggests that unregulated manipulated THC products may be dangerous. I am not saying that there's no benefit for medical marijuana because there is research demonstrating that. And, and you know that from the National Academies of Science publication in 2017. What I want to point out is that publication based most of their findings on this study. So this was a very large systematic review and meta-analysis of all the research that had been done to that date. And what they found was, and what they reported was benefit of medicinal cannabis 
was all less than 10%. That's the only thing that had been studied. And we have no legitimate science um, at all that validates medical cannabis greater than 10% THC. And they found that if they gave them cigarettes with 2% THC, it provided um, no benefit. 4% THC actually provided significant pain relief. 8% actually caused increased pain or hyperalgesia, which is something we see with um, opiates. When you get higher than 10%, you get into these very risky areas. And so he says that people should be very careful about this. And that was addiction psychiatrist MD Libby Stewart. And leader of the opposition revisited his deliberations at the House of Assembly on Monday in relation to the Money Laundering Act. Mr. Linton stated on QFM that the mannerism of the Speaker of the House followed his trend of interjecting during his deliberations and that of the other opposition members, which in effect shortstops the content and their time for presentation. Essentially, Linton made a call for stronger enforcement of the Money Laundering Act and those for officers who hold weight in enforcing the law to ensure that those who commit the crime of money laundering are brought to justice. Linton then raised the question of the commitment of those concerned towards this goal as well as the need to distance themselves from this hypocrisy in this bill for an act to provide for the amendment of the money laundering prevention act chapter 7303 we're seeking a section 3 subsection 3 to increase the penalties for the offense on on conviction on indictment and it's a fine not exceeding five million dollars and imprisonment for a term not exceeding 15 years if the guilty party is a natural person and a fine not exceeding 15 million dollars if the guilty party is a body corporate so while the amendments are welcomed the pertinent question is why aren't we enforcing the existing laws without fear or favor affection or ill will why are we waiting for the caribbean financial action task force to be on island conducting our on-site mutual evaluation for us to have an emergency sitting of the parliament to correct our glaring inadequacies how serious are we and if we're serious what is all the hypocrisy about what is all the selective investigation and prosecution and conviction for money laundering all about are we looking at money laundering for the outside world, but not for ourselves? And uh, are we somehow shielding the real money launderers? For what purpose and to what end exactly? That's what I wanted to say yesterday in the Parliament. And that was leader of the opposition, Lennox Linton. And based on our current socioeconomic standings with this global climate, economic relief and empowerment of the private sector should be the main priority. These recommendations from economist Dr. Thompson Fontaine speaking on QFCM hot seats earlier yesterday during his analysis of the national budget that was passed recently in Parliament. Dr. Fontaine spoke on the current weakening in the spending power of the dollar based on inflation, which is the generally sharply increased prices of goods and services in an economy. When the general price level rises, each unit of currency buys fewer goods and services. Consequently, inflation corresponds to reduction in purchasing power of the money. Dr. Fontaine says as a result of this, the urgent need to strengthen the private sector is paramount. The thing that had me mesmerized in my thought, I will or maybe have summoned or brought these small businesses together and say, listen, I'm not going to be punitive to you. I'm going to give you a chance. What, I, what we really want is to is for you as a small business to be able to grow your business and to be able to employ individuals, to employ a few more individuals. So how can we help you as a government to increase your employment from, say, now you're, let's assume on average you have 10 workers. 
how can we help you to increase that by two or by three or by four? Okay, so we want to help the small owners. Would a, a tax break help? I know it's going to hurt us this year um, if we are, because we need to be collecting more taxes, but we're going to give you a tax break. And we want you to use this tax break to hire an additional worker or two. You know, work with us. We'll work with you as, as business owners. And so what you will, in fact, be doing as a government is, A, you'll be creating goodwill with the business sector. Secondly, you'll be showing your intent uh, to grow the economy and, to, and also to understand that the main driver, the way by which you grow an economy is to allow the private sector to grow and to thrive and to develop. Okay, so you're looking for opportunities for the private sector. And that was economist Dr. Thompson Fontaine. And in other news, St. Lucia's homicide rate rose to 43 for the year 2022, following the loss of another life to gun violence on Sunday night. One man was shot dead in the community of Monchi. Residents are reported to still be traumatized by the sound of gunfire that rattled the entire community. Here's more. The Kai Maje resident reportedly sustained several penetrating wounds about his body. Aunt of the deceased, Vivali Kenson, says the shocking news has crushed loved ones. They killed him and they leave him on the ground. His girlfriend was there with him. He had to push the girlfriend for him not to get, she, for she, for him not, she, she not to get the shot. Um, that's how I know Kevin won. And how is it been with the family? Now, too hard. Job. They were walking and, and the drivers, the, the vehicle was driving and they shot at him. Where were they heading to? They were heading at one of his friend's mom's house because it was her birthday yesterday and they were just going to you know, have a nice time with their mother and that, that incident occurred. And I suppose the family is taking it really hard because Karim, Karim, next month will be two years on his birthday. They killed him. And and my aunt, you all just finished speaking to her son. He just had three months. Her son passed. Oh, when people was fighting before, was just coughing one another. But now he's gone and killed one time. They have to, they have to put this, them gone down. They have to do that. Despite the best efforts of the government, which has stiffened the penalties for illegal firearm possession and the work of the police force, the scourge of chronic violent crime continues to have St. Lucia in a suffocating grip. And audio credit to HTS News Force in St. Lucia. Still in other news, Malaysia's former Prime Minister Najib Rajak will begin a 12-year prison sentence after losing his appeal against his money laundering conviction. The 69-year-old charges relate to corruption and scandal involving state-owned wealth funds in Malaysia Development uh, Burhad, where he was convicted in 2020 when the court found him guilty on seven counts of money laundering on a total of $42 million. Here's more.
Najib Razak, the former Malaysian Prime Minister convicted of money laundering linked to the 1MDB embezzlement scandal, has lost his final bid to overturn his 12-year prison sentence. He's been sent to jail. The massive embezzlement of billions of dollars from the 1MDB state fund was one of the world's biggest financial scandals and reverberated from Malaysia and Singapore to Wall Street and beyond. Our Southeast Asia editor Jonathan Head has more. He was once the most powerful man in the country, untouchable even. But Najib Razak arrived for the final stage of his appeal, knowing that the odds were now against him. Every attempt to overturn or even delay the 12-year prison sentence he'd been given, thwarted by a judiciary which stood firm behind the original verdict. I will not get a judgment based on the principles of fair trial. I did not get it. The son of a former prime minister, he was groomed for power and held office for nine years in a country where the ruling party had never lost an election. <laughs> Stories of spectacular greed and corruption brought thousands out onto the streets in protest. But investigations into huge losses from the state-run investment fund known as 1MDB went nowhere. The Department of Justice has filed a civil complaint seeking to forfeit and recover more than $1 billion in assets associated with an international conspiracy to launder funds stolen from one Malaysia development barad, or 1MDB. And that's the morning news as a recap of the headlines. The National Joint Action Movement announced the 15 comedians who will be participating in the Laugh Out Loud comedy competition on August 27th. Lucia's homicide rate of 43 for the year 2022 following the loss of another life to gun violence on Sunday night as one man was shot to dead in the community of Manchi. And Malaysia's former Prime Minister Najib Rajak will be serving 12 years prison sentencing after losing his appeal against his money laundering conviction. The news was brought to you for the very kind compliments of Rudolph Thomas Enterprises. I've been your presenter, Hassan Robinson. Q, top of the hour news as it happens.